Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Warning. This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps, where negativity never sounded so good. Now here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Make sure to follow the show at our website at libertyneversleeps.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Liberty Time. And now you can watch the videotaping at Real Liberty Never Sleeps on Facebook as well as YouTube.com. Good morning. I've made a few changes to the show over the weekend, some subtle changes. As you well know, if you listen to the show on the radio, like iHeartRadio or Spreaker or Spotify or any of a, a million ways you can listen to the audio, it hasn't, it hasn't really changed at all. It's only the videotaping. We're now showing the videotaping later in the afternoon, and it's been very successful. The ratings have increased dramatically uh, across the board. Because I'm now showing the video and doing it in a high definition, which shows a little bit more of the room. And it's during the day, like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you get the radio show, if you get a subscription, you get it early. Just like you always, it's first thing in the morning. But if you want to see the taping, it's later in the afternoon. That's when people use Facebook. That's when people use YouTube and, and Twitter. And so what happens is it comes up when you're online. So it, it's been a dramatic change, and I'm glad we made it. It, it. I'm getting a lot of good comments, too, about the new graphics and things like that. I just wanted to give you a brief update before we begin the show. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about today. I told you last week that Portland was going to get a situation, and it happened again this weekend. A whole bunch of uh pro-right-wing people went up to Portland to protest and hold a rally. And of course, Antifa, which is, Portland is like Antifa Central. So Seattle and some of these other coastal cities, but especially up there. And they met them, and of course, there wasn't really violence so much as there was a conflict. And a whole bunch of people got arrested. But here's the interesting thing that they're not telling you. Portland is FUBAR, let's face it. It's overrun by left-wing, it's left-wing central, and if you go up there and have a rally, there's going to be some sort of conflict. And I know that the right-wing groups told people, don't bring weapons, don't go up there to cause trouble, go up there for a rally. But as I said on my show, why bother? What's it going to accomplish except cause more for scene? And they wanted a conflict because they wanted America to know that Antifa is a terrorist organization. If you wear masks, if you wear body armor, and you go around beating up people and breaking windows and causing mayhem, you are a terrorist organization. And it doesn't matter what your politics are, left wing, right wing, or whatever. 
But going up there to provoke a reaction in order for America to see what antifas... Look, we know what they are. It's just a matter of government making the decision to label them as a specific group because there are implications with it. When they went up there, there were federals on the scene, federal marshals, federal forces, people who were reporting back to the government, back to this administration, on what was really going on. Because you can't get the true reports from the media. You, you look at the mainstream media, and it's all over the spectrum. You have the stories from Fox, you have the stories from ABC, NBC, and whatnot. And by and large, the mainstream media kind of said, stayed out of it. And why? Because there were federal people on hand. Now, as you well know, Portland mayors are, like many other mayors in cities, feel that you don't arrest anybody and you let the riots burn themselves out, that it's just property damage, and that if you just let them burn it out, and it'll go away. We've seen the failed result of that. Merchants are hurt, businesses are hurt, all kinds of violence, all kinds of mayhem. Because there were federal forces on the scene, and this is the thing that they don't want to tell you, because there were observers, because there were federal marshals on hand, the local police and local forces were forced to take action and make arrests that they normally wouldn't. As a result, what happened? We didn't see the all-night raids that we have been watching many times on, the, on television where they go all night, there's smoke and there's, and there's fire and there's busted out windows, there's conflict and violence, and then the police have to come out with their riot shields and clear the streets. That didn't happen. There was conflict, there was trouble, and there were a lot of arrests made. I think it was something like 20-some-odd people. I think seven of them were resisting arrest. I don't know the specific number, but it, it, that's, about, that's about right. But you got what happened was is it diffused when the police act in that manner, arresting the troublemakers, seeking out the people who are infiltrating the other side. You know, that went on too. There were a lot of reports of left-wingers in the right-wing crowd, right-wingers in the left-wing crowd bringing weapons to make it look like the other side was a problem. And it was a, a complete foobar mix-up. But there were a lot of arrests made. And what happened? It wasn't really that big a deal. Was it, was it a conflict? Was it a, a situation where the two sides squared off? And they were like, yeah, sure. But when you see when government takes action, when the police do their jobs or are allowed to do jobs, I want to be clear about that. When the police are allowed to do their jobs and do it efficiently and quickly, these kind of things go away. And if nationally we did this in all these cities, every time Antifa showed up, we shut them down, put out smoke bombs, cleared the area, make arrests, these, this organization would be nothing. You have, the thing about America is there's always going to be conflict. Left wing, right wing, black, white. There's always going to be racist. There are always going to be troublemakers no matter what you do. But when we call them out, when law enforcement is allowed to act, these kind of groups do not play a role or a factor in American life. And I, I know Tucker Carlson was going into this and he was trying to explain it. Statistically, most people stand away from extremism. They do not want the violence. They don't want that kind of racism. That kind of institutionalized racism is dead. No one wants or thinks highly of people like David Duke or the Klan or of Antifa or of the extreme left, except a few congressmen, which we'll talk about. People like Rashida Tlaib, who want that. They were hauled out before they became a congressman, hauled out of places screaming and yelling. No one stands with those people. 
they are a small factor in American society. What has become a big factor and why they have grown in power is because government says, oh, let it burn itself out. Oh, just ignore them. It's like, it's the same mentality that people are taking with their children. Oh, let them have a temper tantrum. Let them kick and scream on the floor. Let them, gee, it'll burn itself out. And it doesn't. They grow up and they become people who become entitled. They, go, they grow up and become people who can't accept losing. And we have seen the devastating results that this had in the last few years with this president, with the left wing, with the Clintonites. They're going ape over Rashida Tlaib and, and, and not being allowed in Israel. They, look, they, didn't, they weren't barred from Israel because Donald Trump said so. They were protected by Trump. In other words, when, when they were going there, they put out their itinerary. We're going to do this. They, they labeled their itinerary a visit to Palestine. They were meeting with all kinds of left-wing groups during that visit. Israel did not want them there. And as a matter of fact, I don't want them there. I don't want Congress doing things like conducting foreign policy overseas. I know they do it all the time, but it's inappropriate. That is the role of the executive branch, the presidency, the administration. His job is foreign policy, and he should stop monkeying around. And I, I said this about Obama, monkeying around with Congress's role, which is basically running the government. Be that as it may, Israel did not want to create a diplomatic incident by saying to two congressmen, you can't come to our country. This congressmen go to Israel all the time for a lot of reasons, for political purposes, for meeting foreign overseas groups. And, and as I said, Congress does it all the time. But no country wants to bar a congressman from coming to their country. It creates a diplomatic incident, especially one, two countries as close as Israel and America. But they didn't want them there. They didn't want the meeting with the Palestinians. They didn't want a meeting with these leftist groups. It's going to cause trouble for Israel. So when Donald Trump picks up the phone and says to Netanyahu, oh yeah, go ahead, Bannon. He's telling them there won't be a diplomatic incident. You go do what you got to do. It's the same thing with this Portland situation with the Antifa. No one wanted the right wing up there. The, the left wingers up there didn't want it. But they didn't want to create incidents. So here's what you do. You send up the federal marshals to observe the thing. And then everything goes by the numbers. Then it doesn't become an incident. Then we're not watching it all weekend on the news, or did we? No, people were arrested. It was shut down. That was the end of it. Everyone was on the up and up. See, this is what's a problem in our society today. We're afraid to do the right thing. Oh, let's not get them upset. Let's have, let, let them have their temper tantrum. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Look the other way. We kind of stop doing that. We got to stop ignoring the problem, shutting our eyes to what's going on in society. And you have to stand up for what you believe in. Stop being afraid of con confrontation is okay as long as it's nonviolent. You know, it, everyone, it's like lately in the Congress, excuse me, lately in Congress, what they do now is if a bill comes to the floor, they decide whether they're going to get enough votes. And if it has enough votes, then they'll let it to the floor. No, 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 no. They shouldn't do that. And they, do, and they let things come to the floor when it's the new Green Deal, when they know it's so ridiculous. But they should do that with all the bills. No, let them go to the floor. Let's debate it. Let's let the American people see how ridiculous the House can be. 
Show those bills. Let everybody see it. If if the House wants to pass some sort of ridiculous bill, let's let's put it on the table. And I know why they don't, because they're afraid that with the publicity, they'll pressure congressmen to vote on something that they shouldn't. But that's weakness in Congress. If I was a congressman, God forbid, if I was a senator or a congressman, and they put a bill on the floor that was against my principles, there isn't a public pressure in the world that would come against me that would change my vote. But apparently that's what happens with Congress. We have to stop worrying about that stuff. So what if some mom group in a basement somewhere is upset? Oh, but the the publicity of it. Screw the publicity. And that's what made Donald Trump president. He didn't care about everybody screaming. He said, no, I I think this is right and I think that's wrong. And sometimes he's wrong. There have been a number of issues I've been... But at the same time, he's a guy who stands up for what he believes in. And then he tries to make it stick. Okay, that's America. I'm tired of this everybody afraid of everything. Conflict is good. Discussion is good. What's bad is violence. And that's why I'm glad what happened in Portland happened. Okay, we had a confrontation, but the police acted, arrests were made, and those people are labeled as troublemakers. Good. That's the way it should be. That's America. Protest and conflict and the police acting appropriately. We got to move on. It's the little details that are important. What is the argument? The issue and the, and the thing that we're all watching on TV is the violence, the sensationalism, the headline, but we're not paying attention to the details, to the argument behind the argument. The argu- what's the argument behind global warming? Oh, we're all going to die. No, we're not. Let's look at the details that the earth has been warming and cooling for time memorial. We're going to go into another ice age. We're going to go into another Jurassic period. So what? Adapt to it. You taxing somebody isn't going to change it. The details, the facts. Let's look at the facts. Speaking of which, let's talk about the upcoming IG report and the Russian narrative. We got to talk about tariffs and Apple and what do we got on the list? The election 2020, we got global, got global warming on the list. Let's all talk about it. All right. Let's talk about the details. We'll be right back. Lindsey Graham was in the news. He was talking about the IG report. The IG report is the Inspector General. The Inspector General is a member of the Department of Justice and is generally nonpartisan. I, I, I can't remember the time that an internal uh, uh, government report, such as the IG report, was ever partisan. I, I suppose it's been happening, but I... Generally, when, you, when you're talking about the inspector general, his job is to just to list facts. He doesn't make you come to a conclusion, or she, if, if it's a female. In this case, it's uh, in, in Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz. And what he does is he puts down the facts and then reports it to Congress. He does not make an assessment. In other words, this is what happened, that's what happened, there it is, and this is what's true, this is what's not true. And that's what I I rely on for a lot of stuff. Internal reports, Inspector General, factual reports. I want to know the facts. 
when we talk about gun violence and red flag laws, okay, who's done a study on it? Who's, and I'm not talking about a university. Who's been an independent investigator and then can list the facts for me? John Lott did. Red flags those laws don't stop anything. I, I put the report on Facebook. Here's the, here's the actual report. What are the results? What are the laws? It's not, a, it's not an assessment either way politically. It's like, these are the facts. That's what I want from a study or whatever. I don't want to hear about these studies sponsored by the people who have an agenda. I want to hear about what the facts are. What are the facts? And then, and then make my own decision. The internal general report's coming out, and Lindsey Graham said to it, he says, look, because it, it leaks out what they're doing. He pointed to a number of investigations. There was one by um, Connecticut attorney John Durham. He was appointed by the attorney general, Bill Barr, to conduct a probe. One by the Justice Department inspector. The IG report, Michael Horowitz, is going to show the facts of the case. And it's going to come out with this. It's a, it was a... It was a situation where there were so many people unhappy with Trump's election. They had to figure out why he got elected. They could not comprehend. This is really what it's all about. It's not that, you know, the, the story about the insurance policy or the deep state. Look, put that aside for a second. Look at the facts. They could not figure out how Hillary Clinton lost. During the entire election, the campaign, the primary season, the run-up to the election... There was this concept of the blue wall and the electoral college that states like Minnesota, North Dakota, some of these other states would go blue and the Midwest would be largely blue and there would be some problematic states, Pennsylvania and Florida. She had to win Pennsylvania, he had to win Florida, whatever. They all came down to two or three states. And the Trump election, the 2016 election, demolished that because these states were not monolithic blue states. And Hillary Clinton's team, the people around her, Hillary Clinton herself, could not comprehend that these monolithic states were suddenly, you know, maybe, maybe the Republicans offer an alternative. Maybe Donald Trump is not the ordinary run-of-the-mill Republican. They couldn't comprehend that. So they had to come up with some narrative to justify it in their own minds. You know, it's the old saying, don't wake up a sleepwalker. This is why they kind of go crazy. Because they don't know where they are and they start thrashing around. It was the same thing with Hillary Clinton. They were sleepwalking. They really were. They didn't understand that the American people were fed up with both sides. That's really what, what the problem with Trump is. And that's why he's having all these problems. Both sides. He doesn't owe anything to either side. So they had to come up with this cockamamie story. So they started thinking about the 2015 Russia investigation. In 2015, the FBI took a look at what was going on with Russian interference in American elections. And there was a report issued and there was a story at the time. And so President Obama was out in the road garden, Rose Garden and he was asked a question about it. Hey, listen, what about these, this nonsense going on with some of the ballot boxes in Arizona where they were tampered with? What about this? What about that? And Barack Obama was very simple. He, he, and he said for something very factual, which is unusual for Barack Obama. He said, look, the individual states in the Electoral College preclude any kind of real interference from affecting our election. There's no way you can buy social media to the point where you affect an election. It's just the the... the People in America are so different. America is the size of Europe, for God's sakes. Okay? 
to try and manipulate the vote would require changing of minds, uh, and it would be almost impossible to do, or virtually impossible, especially not with the amount of money that was in- invested by the Russian intelligence. I think it would came to about a few million dollars. It was a small-time intelligence operation. Hey, let's see if we can do this, okay? The Clinton team could not comprehend that people did not want her for president. And by and large, the same people that didn't want Clinton for president didn't also want Bush, which is why Trump won the nomination and eventually the presidency. They couldn't comprehend. So they started looking at everything and they said, you know, he met with a number of Russian officials. He's been doing business with Russia and they've been interfering with the election. That must be it. And then they started investigating. And every time you find a little something, it blows up in your mind when you can't comprehend that Clinton lost. If you can't accept it, if you've been used to throwing your temper tantrum and getting your way, if you've been used to getting the trophy for simply participating, you can't comprehend that they could actually like a blowhard in your mind, Donald Trump. But that guy's a fraud. That guy puts gold all over his buildings. He runs casinos into the ground. How could he have won? How could the American people accept that? Aha! He met with Russian officials. Aha! They spent $100,000 or $300,000 on Facebook. And that's why it was just enough. And Russia. And, you know, he came out and talked about Russia. And, and you know, WikiLeaks, they revealed all the Podesta emails. They never said to the American people that the Podesta email release was untrue. They never said the emails were faked. That would be a different narrative. They couldn't get around that. They couldn't get around all these emails were truthful. So what did they do? Oh, but it's terrible that those emails got out. It's terrible that the American people know the truth about Hillary Clinton. It's terrible that they know that the primary against Bernie Sanders is essentially rigged, which we all knew, people who are in politics. That's terrible that they know the truth. It is because people will should also know the truth about Donald Trump and all he was doing. That's what this whole Russia thing is about. It's about an inability to accept what happened. An inability to accept facts. The fact is, these emails, the Podesta emails, were truthful. The fact is, Hillary Clinton had issues with her personality. People were not comfortable with her. The truth is, what? The American people were fed up with the establishment switching the presidency back and forth. Back and forth between the Bush Republicans and the Clinton Democrats. And they wanted somebody completely different. And they wanted somebody to stand up for many of the things that they personally believe in. Whether you're educated or not, whether you're intelligent about issues or not, you were fed up with America. You were fed up with the last 30 years. You were the same people who elected Ronald Reagan. And you weren't happy. You thought Bush was another Reagan. That didn't work out. You thought his son would take us back to the Bush era. That didn't happen. You thought that Barack Obama was somehow different than every other black nationalist that came along. You you thought, oh, this is different. This is a different guy. He has new hope, new direction, forward, change. That's what you wanted, change. Except what did you get? Same old Democrats, same old liberalism. And we went down this road back and forth time and time again, and it got to the point where you were getting angry. That's what this election was about, the 2016 one. You were fed up with it going back and forth. And you said, no, I want time for a change. I want real change. I want somebody outside the loop. 
And Donald Trump comes along, stands up on a stage, and he says, you know, you guys are all frauds. You guys all come to me for money. <laughs> in fact, on that, and when he made that comment, there was, I don't know who it was, stood up and said, yeah, could I have a check? I mean, that's how, how bad it was. That's how bad it was in America. And we were living, willing to live with the peccadilloes of a guy like Trump so that we could get some real change. Some honest-to-goodness change in America. And they, people were fed up. They were fed up with their schools. They were fed up with their union. They were fed up with their job. They were fed up with economic chaos. They were fed up with empty stores around everywhere. They, they were fed up with sitting on the sofa. They were fed up. And so they wanted anybody who would tell them that. Now, the Democrats couldn't live with that. They could not accept it. There is still a wing of the Republican Party, the never-Trumpers, that still can't live with it. They were on Twitter every day, social media every day. People like Mitt Romney and Jeff Lake. Well, you know, every time Trump makes a, a misstatement or says something totally ridiculous, right, which, which is beyond their comprehension, they go crazy. It's like this whole Greenland narrative and Iceland. I think that's hilarious. I think, first of all, it's a good idea. I think America should expand. I have been talking about this for years. We should expand by buying people by buying land, buying land that's not developed, places like Greenland, places like Baja, instead of bombing everybody and threatening everybody, and then show people how democracy and free markets work. If you want democracy, if you want a better life for the people of the Mideast, you show them how America works. You don't bomb them. You don't invade them. That's the Bush now. That's a neocon narrative. There was, still, there was a bombing in Kabul just this past weekend. I think it was something like 60 people killed. ISIS claims a responsibility. Yeah, some, some jackass in a cave somewhere says, oh, I'm, our group is responsible. doesn't matter. Ignore that, that crap. Oh, ISIS is back. Give me a break. It's always going to be somebody. It's always going to be somebody screaming, I'm irresponsible. Islamic extremist. That's it. That's all you need to know. We did a bang-up job there in Afghanistan, didn't we? They're still blowing things up. They'll always be blowing things up. Let's go come home. They don't represent a threat to us. There's no interest there for us. And Trump has been saying this, and he's working against the system. The system doesn't want all these troops coming home. It's enormously powerful and popular for the Defense Department, for many people and their many interests. They make money overseas by selling weapons to everybody. We make the best weapons in the world. So they don't want those troops to come home. They want to use Afghanistan as a testing ground. Let's, let's bring them home. And Donald Trump has been saying these things. It's not about Russia. It's not about corruption. And the IG report is going to come out and say that. It's going to say, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, and this happened. And this is why it happened. Yes, he had Russian interests. Sure, he had business interests. He's a capitalist. He's a capitalist who only had a year and a half run-up to the election. Naturally, he's going to have ties with all these countries. And that's what all this is going to say. But it's not going to go away because they can't let it go. We have a societal problem with facts and emotion. And it's a broad-based problem. And it's not just about left and right. We can't accept somebody who has a different idea. Social media is adding gasoline to the fire because now everybody has their two cents. And there are a lot of bright people in this country that aren't recognized as bright. There are a lot of dumb people, too, that are taken as credible. And then 
you add into the mix social media and people who can't accept things, can't accept discussing things, are going back and forth. That's what's happened up in Portland. A group of right-wing people meet a group of left-wing people in the street. Neither one can accept any truth from either side. No one is looking at facts, and it all comes down to what? Opinion. Even our mainstream news is becoming like that. So let's, let's get back to facts. Let's talk about tariffs and Apple. Because Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, had a discussion with Donald Trump about tariffs. And he said, oh, Apple's being hurt. And he tried to make a case to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump listened. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. We'll be right back. As you well know, we are engaged in a tariff war or a trade war with China. The main problem with us in China is that we have outsourced a lot of our manufacturing and purchased a lot of goods from China. China's labor is dirt cheap. There's a lot of reasons for it. People accept lower wages, yes, but also it's easier to do business in China if you are part of the state. If you're, I, I don't want to use deregulated because China is probably one of the most regulated countries in the world. It's a police state. It's a communistic republic. But once they make the decision, oh yes, we're going to build these things, then it happens. And people have to understand that if America companies like Apple are building things in China, they're doing it because it's cheaper there. The problem is, is people in America are buying goods en masse from countries like China. Many manufacturing industries have been wiped out by the advent of foreign cheaper labor. Donald Trump comes along and says, hey, we've got this trade imbalance. Hey, we should be making things here in America. Hey, the Midwest lives a disaster area because we're no longer manufacturing things. I remember I drove across this country in 85. I've talked about it many times. Spent three months on the road. And it used to be, and you could see many of the dead factories, many towns across this country built along highways, built along roads, were factory towns. Uh, a company comes in, builds a factory, they make goods, and they mo employs most of the town, and then it's exported somewhere or mostly sold to other Americans. I, I can tell you a, a number of factories that I saw. I, I think the, most, the one that struck me the most was in the, in the middle California was... Uh, was McCormick Spices. It's just one big factory with spice fields all around it. And that was supplying all those spice bottles that you see in all those supermarkets all over the country. One factory. When we outsource things, these one factory towns, which we produce, would, would completely die off. And so Donald Trump says, well, we're going to reverse that. We've got to reverse that trade imbalance. He's not talking about the money so much as the fact that we're making all these things overseas and we have to make it we have to make it so that making things here in America is at least close to making things in China. And you add in shipping costs and regulations. So what he's doing is making it easier for companies to make things here in America and he's making it more difficult to make things in China and other places. I don't know how successful that will be. But at least he's making the attempt to start us to move away from China. You know, you can't just say, 
no, we're not going to import goods from China anymore. Too many people are buying these goods. Too much of the economy is to rely on. So what you do is you gradually shift us back toward a production economy and away from a service economy. And that means more tariffs and less income tax and deregulating. It's a combination of things. It's not just, oh, they're taxing goods from China. It's also, we got to deregulate our markets and make American workers more affordable to making things here in America. We have to make things more expensive overseas. And as a result, we have to allow people have to have more money in their pockets and not tax them so much. They're trying to get us, or at least economically, back to where we were in the 1890s before the income tax, where we made things here in America and other countries bought and sold goods here and they paid for the right to do that. That is a, a dramatic shift. It cannot happen overnight. It, as I dare say, it won't even happen in the eight years if, if Donald Trump continues to be elected. It's going to take a long and sustained and prolonged effort. Now, what does that mean for America? It means that some workers will be put out of work. If you are a company that relies on putting your goods in America, you might suffer. It might be more difficult for you to make shipments. I, I think they were talking about soybeans being one example, pork being another. I, you can go into it and look on the internet yourself. You Google it yourself. I, I'm not going to make a list here. The bottom line is some American workers will be dramatically affected. Some will be a little bit affected. And you will probably pay higher prices for things coming in for China. But at the same time, you might see on the shelf something made here in America that you haven't seen before. And that kind of shift is happening here in America. That's why so many people are complaining. And a lot of it is because many people have been subsisting on Chinese trade. So when these companies complain, you understand they've been getting rich for the last 30 years about outsourcing labor. Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, had a discussion with Donald Trump and said, hey, listen, we're not competitive in the marketplace as much as we should be. Oh, really? Why? How come? Well, because companies like Samsung, which are maybe a foreign company, are making things in South Korea. And we don't have a situation of imbalanced trade with South Korea, and yet their trade is affected because they're still outsourcing labor. They're just doing it with a country you're not a trade war with and we're getting screwed. And so it, 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 is, a, it is a valid argument in the sense that Apple, well, I would, I would say to Tim Cook, Mr. Cook, maybe you should make things in South Korea. Maybe you should make things here in America. I got news for you. When I first graduated from college, I was involved with a woman whose father made things for Apple here in America. I don't know what he's doing now. But Apple has outsourced just about everything overseas. That's why the Apple is... But I would say to Mr. Cook, well, why aren't you making goods here in America? Well, if we made the Apple computer here in America or the Apple iPad or Apple iPhone, it would be a hell of a lot more expensive. It wouldn't be competitive. Well, yeah, but why is it so expensive? Why is your product so expensive to make? If Samsung could make it in South Korea, which is arguably a higher labor cost than, than China... I would imagine, being a free country and all. Why is your iPhone so expensive? That's what I would say to him. Why, why is it so? Why do you have to go to Chinese labor, which costs two cents a, a for an hour for labor? Why is that? Did was that discussion had? And see, this is the the thing that nobody's talking about: facts. Well, why is your product so expensive? Maybe you should reconsider how you're manufacturing it. 
oh, well, it's a superior product. Well, the American consumer doesn't seem to see that. That's why Samsung sells just as many iPhones as, or, their, or their phones, Galaxy phones, as you do as iPhones. How come? What's your problem? Maybe those fancy stores with the marble floors are the problem. Ever thought about that? Maybe you should think about your marketing efforts. Maybe you should think about where you're spending your money. That's what I would say to Mr. Cook. Maybe you should consider making things here in America or South Korea or other countries where we don't have a problem where their labor is so much cheaper than American labor. So yeah, he makes a good case. Well, we're not as competitive. That's why Apple is, well, no, I got news for you. Apple's not, is, is not doing as well as it should be because Steve Jobs isn't there. When was the last intellectually innovative device that came from Apple? None. Samsung is just making what? What Samsung do, does. Being in, oh, okay, people are making iPhones. People want a smartphone. Well, we'll make one too. There's nothing wrong with that. Healthy competition. But see, the problem is when we're doing business with China, it's not just labor costs. It's not just, oh, we can make an item cheaper here and it's affecting jobs. You have to understand, you're doing business with a communist republic. You're doing business with a police state that is guilty of all kinds of human rights abuses. And so when you deal with a country like that, you have to be tough with them. You have to say, hey, listen, you're sending troops into Hong Kong, which is supposed to be a free market port. That was the deal that you made with Britain. Britain would turn it back over and you would maintain a free market force there. It was supposed to be an open port. And there had been gradual creep of communistic power into Hong Kong. That's what all those people are protesting about. It's not just the recent change in one of their laws. It's the constant creep of communism. That's what's going on in Hong Kong. So, Mr. Cook, when you say your, your phones are more expensive, how come you're doing business with a communist republic? That would be the, the counter-argument. Yeah, we're going to go to trade war with China. Yeah, we're going to use our economic leverage to maybe change the way they're doing business with their own people, with what's going on in Hong Kong. And Donald Trump came out and talked about that. You know, people, with, with Trump, it's funny. He has a way of doing the right thing, but being bad at communication. He just is not skilled in oratory or communication. He, he's a builder, but he knows how to make a deal. And he knows how to sit down with President Z and say, hey, wait a minute. you got problems going on here in Hong Kong. You've been creeping your power into Hong Kong and now you're having to send in troops. And he said something about, well, if there's another Tiananmen Square, it's going to be very difficult to do business. Yeah, that's a really poor way of communicating it. A, a person like a Mitt Romney is going to be much more skilled in explaining it to the American people. Well, you understand that China has all kinds of human rights abuses and is using its authoritarian power in a free port. See, that, that would be the way to say a politician to say it. But it's Donald Trump. But that doesn't mean his argument is invalid. That doesn't mean the truth of it is what's going on isn't true. See, that's what, why I said the details are important. What is the truth about what is going on with China? They are rampant human rights abuses. They work their de workers to death. They pay them low wages. It is a communist republic. That's the truth of the matter. And should we be doing business with them regardless of the cost of labor, regardless of taxation, and regardless of tariffs? I'm not sure we should. The problem is, of course, we've been shifting for many, many years. 
the most favored trade nation status, the open trade port that we have with us, but not with them. They have been using their clout with the, uh, the scope of capitalism to steal intellectual property, IP, internet property, all kinds of internet property theft. And that has to be addressed. And yeah, somebody might lose their job here in America. Yeah, it's going to cost more at the pump. Yeah, it's going to cost more when you go to Walmart to have a toaster. You might pay another dollar or two. And nobody in Congress is willing to say that, is willing to say to the American people, oh yeah, it's going to cost you more. Yeah, doing the right thing is going to be more expensive. Yeah, you American companies need to do business in, in free countries like South Korea and others if you're going to outsource. Or maybe you should do it here in America. And nobody's addressing that problem. How come we have this trade amounts? Oh, well, we're going to reset with tariffs. Yeah, but why is American labor so expensive? Why are regulatories and taxation so burdensome that it costs an American employee, a, a company, Amer, uh, American at labor, 15, 20, 30 bucks an hour? It's not just the pay. Employers have to also pay Social Security tax. They have to pay Medicare tax. We have all these things which benefit the American people. Yeah, your prices are going to be more expensive. And then you add into the fact labor unions and contract negotiations. All of these things would need to come undone for their trade balance to be restored, for the Midwest to look like it used to in the, in the 20s and 30s. Whether that will happen, I don't know. But at least he's trying to get us back there. And you need to be aware of that. You can't buy into these reports like, oh, Donald Trump's destroying America. America has been destroyed. If you've ever driven through the Midwest, you know what I'm talking about, the Rust Belt. It's already done. What he's trying to do is stop all the people getting rich off destroying the Midwest, which is what is really going on. People have gotten wealthy off the destruction of the Midwest and the manufacturing and the blue-collar industry. And he's trying to get us back to that. It, will there be casualties? Yeah, trade war, there's casualties. But we're doing business with a communist republic. With a, with a country that is going to send in troops because the people of a free port are getting overrun. That's what's going on here, folks. Those people want freedom. They're walking around with the American flag. I saw signs. We need the Second Amendment in Hong Kong. That should be a message to every one of these Antifa members in Portland. Every time somebody says, oh, well, we got to remove guns. Yeah, our government is friendly to us now. But what about 50 years from now or 100 or 150 or 200? You have to think about these things. And New Zealand, for instance, is an example. You know, they had that shooting, a mass shooting, and so the government says, oh, we're going to take away all your guns, and everybody signed up for that. Oh, yeah, great. What happens if an onerous government comes into New Zealand 100 years from now or 150? Or China makes moves into New Zealand maybe 150 years from now. What are you going to do? You don't have any options. It's not... Well, we need to have guns because of freedom. Now, you can't, that's a, that's a rudimentary argument that doesn't carry intellectual validity. You have to look at the facts. The facts are there are a lot of hostile countries out there. And you having the ability to arm yourself is a deterrent to those countries. Whether they actually do anything or not is a different matter. 
If Hong Kong was armed, they, the Chinese would be hesitant to send in the troops. If we weren't doing business in such a large way with China, they would be more hesitant to do business in their way. And that's how you got to think of it. They wouldn't be so aggressive with internet property theft and intellectual property if they knew they couldn't get away with it with our trade rules, if they didn't have that most favored trade nation status. If they wanted America trade, see, they, they, you don't understand, they already have it, okay? And what we are doing is trying to get it back. It's not a, an even exchange anymore. You're having a, an oppressed people, and America are oppressed by that. And we're trying to strike back. We're trying to say, no, we don't want our Midwest to look that way. We don't want the Rust Belt. We want to make things here in America. And all the people that are profiting off trade with China are going to suffer. We're trying to get it back. That's what the whole point of Make America Great Again is. It's not, oh, we're, we're, we're being aggressive. We're fighting back for the first time in 30, 40, 50 years. And China has got to be put on notice. You know, wars today aren't necessarily fought with aircraft carriers. They're fought with economics, too. They're fought with markets. And so you, if you buy into this, oh, he's hurting America. You know, he's not hurting America. He's hurting the people who have been profiting off the death of America. He's hurting people like China. China's economy is in trouble. They were telling the story about Singapore being in trouble and the Chinese economy and markets are taking a downturn. That's the effects of the trade war. They're hurting more than we are. Are we hurting? Sure. Are there people suffering? Yep. No question about it. But China is being hurt more. And in the long run, we will win. Everybody wants to do business here in America. We are the world's marketplace. It's about time we profit off it like we used to. No, you pay us if you want to sell something here. And see, we went into this whole narrative, oh, free markets mean zero taxes. That's not what free market means. Free market means I have an even exchange of goods. You sell your stuff here, we sell stuff here. Trump has said this many times. Why don't we just reduce all tariffs to zero? How about that? Oh, no, I can't have that. Because they know American products by American workers are the best in the world. Oh, we can't have tariffs uh, uh, that way. I, we can't have a 0% to sell your goods in China. Why not? Well, because all my Chinese people will buy your goods. That's what you have to keep in perspective. Facts rather than feelings. Mainstream media is good at preying on people's feelings. Oh, poor worker, the poor farmer in the Midwest that can't sell his soybeans in China. Oh, look at how he's suffering. He's a farmer going out of business. What about all the people that went out of business in the Midwest? How about all the people that could be employed by Apple because Apple's doing business over there? How about them apples, so to speak? What about all those people? I don't see any news story on those people. Oh, maybe they used to do it in the 70s about the American steel trade being decimated by Chinese steel. I want to talk about that. If you show me a soybean farmer or a pork farmer that's being hurt, how about all those people sitting in the Midwest that have turned to drugs as a solution to their problem? Nobody talks about that. Those are facts. 
Anyway, we've got to move on. We're running out of time. i got to talk about the election 2020 and the big giveaway. We'll be right back. What do the Democrats offer in the fall of of 2020? I mean, they're, they're saying they want to run for president. They want to win back the Senate. They want to keep the House. Okay. What, what are they offering? Honestly. Well, we'll talk about free college loans. Okay. Well, we'll talk about Medicare for all. Okay. What are they doing? They're giving you stuff. But what are they really doing? They're giving you stuff with your own money. If they decide to wipe away college debt, if they decide to give you free college education, like free community colleges, they're pitching that. If they decide to give away medical care, Medicare for all, which really isn't anything, who is they going to pay for it? Us. They're trying to buy your vote with your own money. They're not saying, well, we can come up with a new way of doing business. We can come, we're going to reduce your taxes and so give you more choices. No, 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 no. They're trying to give you stuff with your own money. They never really want to address that. Well, who's going to pay for it? Well, we can tax the rich. We'll tax, they always say that. We'll tax the rich, tax the rich. You think somebody that's making $100 million as a CEO of a company is going to make 98 and be happy with that? No, raise the prices. Oh, we have to pay another 6% to government? Oh, we'll just raise prices. It doesn't affect them one bit. Not one bit. Oh, what happens if we have to have Medicare for all? Well, we got to tax everybody. Everybody's got to pay another 6% per, per paycheck, 7% per paycheck. We're going to tax the rich. But you at the paycheck's got to pay for it. It's not going to come out of any rich person's pocket. It, has it ever? Why do you think people are so rich now? Why, why do you think there's wealth inequality in this country? Honestly, it's because people who have money make money. They invest in things rather than work for somebody else. They don't sit in a cubicle. You never got rich sitting in a cubicle. You get rich by inventing something that people want or doing things in a better way, like Jeff Bezos with Amazon. Doing business in retail in a better way. Click, button, zing, bang to my home next day. He didn't get rich by taxing people or by threatening people with a gun. That's what Bernie Sanders wants to do. No, you, you pay, you pay, you pay. We're going to give you stuff. We're going to give you Medicare. We're going to give you college. But with $22 trillion in debt, we've done enough of that, haven't we? And the Bush Republicans are no better. These guys are just giving money in a different way. They're playing games, selling things overseas, damaging the labor markets through what's called not illegal immigration, but amnesty or a, a better way, or a, a pathway to citizens. What the hell is that? No, 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 no. Every time, see, what people are worried about is they say, well, listen, these illegal aliens are coming in and taking jobs. And no, no, no it's not, that, that, that's a false narrative. What happens is when you bring in somebody, legally or illegally, from another country, you're doing it because why? They will work in worse conditions and for lower pay. And so what happens is 
you who want X amount of dollars has to accept a lower paycheck because the guy from India will do it. The guy from China will do it. The person from Jamaica will do it. He'll do it for 50,000 50, a year. Well, I, 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 don't want, I can't work for that. I, I want 54 because my last job I had 55. Oh, sorry. We're just going to hire that 20-year-old from India. That's how what, what's really happening. And as a result, the wage base gets depressed too. Because if everybody's earning 50 grand, you can't charge $800 for that phone. You got to charge 750. If everybody's earning 40 grand, you got to charge 700. And meanwhile, you're trying to increase the minimum wage, aren't we? Oh, we got to pay that burger flipper $15 an hour. He's got to be a career burger flipper. He's the best burger flipper I've ever seen west of, uh, of St. Louis. So we're going to pay him 20 bucks an hour. Yeah, but you understand that as, as you depress the middle income wage and you raise the lower income wage, what you're essentially doing is wealth redistribution and you're making everybody broke. And the rich people up on top who don't work in cubicles, who don't accept paychecks, who simply invest in companies and then get the, the income from it, get richer. Buying and selling you people. They're not buying and selling companies. They're buying and selling people. And so the Democrats offer nothing but a big giveaway of your own money. They think that's the solution to America. Oh, we're going to give you a better paycheck at 20 bucks an hour. Oh, we're going to make it more pleasant for you in that cubicle because you'll take up a bigger paycheck. Yeah, but you're going to tax me. You're going to say you're going to give me Medicare for all, but my paycheck's going to be lower because you've got to put tax on it. A business owner who's making a CEO, making $100 million, he just goes, okay, we got to pay everybody 20 bucks an hour, 30 bucks an hour. No problem. We'll just charge more for the product. Then you go to buy your phone. Wow, how come cell phones are so expensive? Because they're paying everybody $50 an hour and giving them Medicare and giving them college. And then you go to these free colleges and what happens to the degree? It's worthless. They're giving away your own stuff. It's the same thing. Look, it's the same thing that they're always telling you from the left about global warming. World is global. The world is being ruined by global warming. This, this, this disease is happening because of global warming. This, the, these protests are happening because of global warming. All this violence overseas is happening because of global warming. They always put global warming on it because it's easy. You know why? Because it's happening. Yeah. The world's getting warmer. The Arctic Circle is decreasing. The Antarctic is increasing. That's Earth wobble. The Earth goes from warmer to cooler, glueler to more. It changes all the time. You taxing somebody ain't going to make a difference. But it makes a good sale because you can easily point to it. Hey, look, Greenland. The latest story is Greenland. A glacier is melting away. And Iceland will be more green than it's ever been in 100 years. Yes, yeah, so what? You think that hasn't happened before? You think the Jurassic period didn't happen? Of course it did. And I got news for you. The Arctic one day will cover about a third of the planet. One day, 10,000 years from now, maybe... Ten, maybe a thousand years, man. I don't know. It's going to happen. So it makes an easy sale. Well, if you only elect us, that will stop. If we only tax the rich, that will stop. No, it won't. Won't, won't change a bit. But it makes a good sale. Makes an easy pitch because it's easy to show pictures of a glacier shrinking, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. We got to do something about that. Oh, all the, all the people who don't know a dick about the world history will tell you, oh, the earth is changing. Yeah, so what? I, I'm not interested in the earth changing. I don't care. The question is, how do we adapt to it? 
How do we adapt to the changing that's coming? That's the real argument. It's like the it's like the argument with the with with the big giveaway, with with college education. Well, people, we need better education for better jobs. Yeah, that, of course, that's always been true. But but how do we adapt to the coming changes? How do we adapt to where retail is decimated by companies like Amazon? Wouldn't the solution to Amazon be having more companies like Amazon, another retailer that you can point and click that maybe offers different products or different services? Isn't that the solution? No, they think the solution is, oh, we got to have sales taxes in local states. Well, we, you know, Amazon's advantage is that they're not paying tax on all this state sales tax. You, Because that was a big thing. Remember that? Oh, if we only had state sales tax, then Amazon wouldn't be so powerful. It's bullshit. Amazon offers a better product, a better service. The liberals are always doing this. They're not talking about facts. The fact is the earth has been warm at one point. The earth has been an ice age at one point. I've always said this. It's the same argument. I always, I always give this list. Did the dinosaurs drive down and around in SUVs? Of course not. The globals was almost all jungle back at that time. The polar ice caps were at a minimum at that time. The change, the earth wobbles and has a different relationship to the sun. A one degree change to the sun will have dramatic changes in the climate. You don't think the earth's wobble has a change? You don't think a sunspot activity of a massive star only, I, I don't know how many miles, one AU. What is that? 3.67 light minutes? I, I don't know the exact measurement, but you don't understand what I'm saying. The earth is that a little spitty speck compared to the sun. You don't think a sudden surge in the, uh, the sun's output has a, a change on the effect on your climate? Sure it does. has a lot more effect than you driving around in an SUV or you having a plastic straw. That's what we really need to talk about. The facts. What is the geologic and, and geothermal record of the earth? It changes all the time. It wobbles back and forth, back and forth. That's a fact. So when they, when they tell you these things, that because of this fact, your feelings need to change. No, 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 no. Let's look at the facts. The fact is, people need medical care. Sure they do. Of course they do. But do you have a right to someone's labor? Do you think taxing and giving away what you already got? You already have medical care, folks. You can walk into any hospital. You don't need any insurance. They'll take care of you. Will you have to pay for it? Sure. That goes back to what I have said in many other shows, self-responsibility, reliance. What's so terrible about going bankrupt because you're sick? Honestly, you get the medical care. What's so terrible about that? So you go bankrupt. Six, seven years, you're better. What's the big deal? Why should you burden society with your problems? That's how responsibility. It's, it's the big giveaway. We're going to give you what you already have. Just like licensing. Anytime they talk about license, we got to license doctors, we got to license vehicles, we got to license guns. What are they doing? They're telling you, yes, what we're going to do is take away what you already have and then sell it back to you with a license. They're selling you your own stuff. They're giving you your own stuff. You already have this. And they, people are just lining up for it. You already have free education. Don't you understand? You can get a, a degree all the way through high school, public and you're paying for it, fifty percent of your tax money in your state level. Just, you're just giving them. You're giving away what you got. Anyway, we're out of time for today. I, I want to emphasize, and we're, we've gone. Our ratings now are soaring again. 
we're starting to go up. We have rebuilt the website, worked with the new Google engines and all that stuff. But what really makes this show go is donations. I, I know I sound like a PBS. I, I know. I sound like those guys. And you know, or you know the Lawrence Welk. You ever watch the Lawrence Welk show? I believe it or not, I like to watch Lawrence Welk every now and then because I love some of these old songs and I love laughing at some of these outfits that these guys wore in the seventies and the eighties. It's hilarious. But they would say the same thing. Hey, listen, our we're, this show is brought to you by PBS. Why don't you donate today? I hate being like that, but I got to tell you, that's the engine that drives this show is donations. You can learn about it. By going to our website, click on the little orange button that says Patreon. It has a little motion thing now. It's a little fun little graphic. And you could donate $2. I mean, what's, you're never going to miss $2. You put it on your credit card, bills once a month, $2, $2. It's a big deal. Makes a big difference to me. I got thousands of listeners. Why aren't you donating? Come on. If you donate $10 or more, you get another show, Friday show, and then you get your name recognized on the show and the little screen credits after. If you donate more, we have other gifts, T-shirts, cups, mugs. You buy T-shirts all the time for $25, $30 on Amazon. Tell me you don't. Tell me you don't spend 6 bucks, 7 bucks here and there on a coffee or latte. You know what that would do for me at my show? You give me that, a latte a month? I could do so much with it. Look how much we've done already. Got new cameras and new look. Got a banner coming. New thing for the microphone. Advertising Facebook when they let me. They're always telling me, oh, that's a false narrative. You can't talk about that. What's a joke, folks? A meme? Our Facebook page is on the growth again. I think we got uh, 52 new people on Facebook just last week. It's great, man. We're doing great business. Let's do more. But I need your donations. Believe me, I'll, I'll effectively spend it. I'm good at that. I'm good at building a business. I've done it a couple times in my life. But we're out of time for today. Again, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got a kick out of it. We're doing some new things. I'm going to experiment a little bit with the video. Maybe I can. Maybe there's a way I can do with Vimeo. I can bring a, uh, the show with with music to 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 watch it. Uh, but it, we'll see. Anyway, but we're out of time for today. Take care, folks. Have a good one.